0: healing conversations about mental illness.
1: Season three of this podcast is sponsored by the Charles E. Kubli Foundation, which supports efforts to reduce the stigma of mental illness. We are solely responsible for podcast content. Hi, Terry. Hello, Bridget.
0: It can be so hard to describe what depression feels like and how we manage it or beat it back. And sometimes how we fall victim to it. It can be hard to describe, even to ourselves, but harder to describe to someone else. Mm -hmm. And today's guest, Brent Williams, took on that challenge. And he wrote a graphic novel revealing his inner world during his struggles with anxiety and depression. And he talks a lot about his recovery and sort of, um, he says, one brick at a time. You know, So that long list of things that he's acquired over the years um, to have climbed out of it and to stay on top of it.
1: I also really like that he addresses the other side of the equation and acknowledges that our depression impacts the people we live with, uh, love, and people who care about us. Absolutely. But mostly the thing I liked was that his story was presented as a journey of redemption and growth and hope. And that's just so different than some, you know, failing or some dark, 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 shameful thing. Yes. And let's listen as Brent gives his voice to depression.
0: Well I guess that's what I want to start out with is why did you choose to do it in the format of graphic novel?
2: It had to be in a graphic novel form because it was the only device that I could think of that could communicate a lot but without words. Because when when I was depressed I remembered how hard it was to read. At one point I actually couldn't read, I couldn't focus on words at all. So it had to be visual, it had to be a personal story, not bullet points and self-help sort of book type things. And it was such a good way for me to sit quietly and recover over this period of three and a half years that it took me to write it. I mean, if it had been a a sit-down-and-write-in-a-few-months type of book, I don't think it would have had that same depth or um, honesty.
0: And it is a very honest account, and I just want to say thank you very much for sharing your story and being as honest as you were Mm -hmm. because – you know, that's what giving voice to depression is all about is let's just do that process, do that struggle to put the words to it so that we can relate to it differently. And if that mm-hmm. helps other people, which it does, then that's great too.
2: That's exactly it. That's the priority. Isn't it funny how that's such a common experience? And I wasn't conscious of it at the time though. But I knew when I was writing it, I was writing it for myself. Mm-hmm. I really was aware of that, and the publishing was like, okay, well, now publish it with a view to other people reading it. But mm.
0: yeah, man, when you're in it, it doesn't feel like there's anything that's going to help shift you out or thin the thin the darkness. And no, you know, right. you're a living example of someone who realizes that it's you know a compilation of things, and it's and it changes, and and that it's doable, and you can walk through this.
2: Mm small steps because it is a tough illness you've got to just make small gains and build so I love the expression build your recovery sort of just imagine you're building a brick wall you need a lot of bricks and you need a good solid base and you just go from there one brick at a time you've got to change your life otherwise you're just going to get better and you're just going to go back and get depressed again and it's just going to be a cycle and you're going to be more confused so depression is a wake up call you've got to listen and and slowly you know do the things that you need to do to get well.
0: That perspective and wisdom and conversation are much easier to have and much easier to share when you're well. But when you're in the throngs of it, the resourcefulness to make good decisions can be inaccessible. Did you have access to that wisdom in your own struggle?
2: In depression, I had very little wisdom. I was doing everything wrong. I was denying it. I was running away from it. I thought I was trying to do things to help myself, but I I really wasn't when I look back. I did all the wrong things. You It was part of my journey, it was part of my learning. But yes, I left everything. I just turned my back on my family, my children, my um, business, walked walked out on it, my city, my country, and just went and hid Mm -hmm. in in shame.
0: So you've gotta be very careful about what you listen to while you build your recovery, because depression's cunning lies are
2: really convincing. It was a voice of depression I now see. You know, it's, That's what depression wanted me to do and anxiety wanted me to do. A wise voice now would say stay close to, those, to the loved ones and it's hard if they don't understand depression and they're not really treating you as, you as you need to be, almost like a person who's had a brain injury with a lot of care and love and nurturing you through back to full health. But you, you know I needed to stay close to friends, family, familiar things. I needed to go into therapy. Um, I needed some medication, I needed to do a whole lot of things. and I ran from all those things.
0: In that putting the arm around the reader and in that process of sort of sharing the wisdom that you've accumulated only through going on this journey, you tried a lot of different things to kind of help or manage yourself. And the list is long. And I really appreciated yeah. that. In the book, you mentioned, you know, sort of shifting your attention back to the breath. And, and you said that you would even say to yourself, you're okay. You're not in danger. Just breathe. I'm really interested in practical advice. So mm. did you did you find a particular technique that worked best for you?
2: I know what works for me and it's, it's really, really simple. Every morning I would just lie in bed on my back and I put one hand on my belly and one hand on my chest and I just learned that if my bottom hand on my belly was going up and down and my top hand on my chest was just staying pretty still, then I was breathing properly. And that was how I taught myself and I still use it all the time you know I got into a stressful situation last week and I just stopped and just noticed what I was doing I started focused on my breath and I said what do you need to do and I put that in place and within a couple of hours I'd had a swim got myself some food gone to a park sat down and I just felt a completely different person thought, great well done you've looked after yourself Now you now you can do whatever you want to do
0: perfect and you have that with you everywhere you are I love that
2: yep Yep. And if ever I'm ruminating, the breath will sort the rumination out. The rumination's not real, the breath is real. And you focus on the breath, and the rumination will just, just slowly dissipate.
0: Beautiful. You said uh, what you do and what you think actually changes the physical structure of your brain. I'm also a neurofeedback practitioner, and we use the phrase what fires together wires together. And, you know, the more times we can, with our black marker, make that line connect to that part instead of that part, the stronger it gets.
2: You can actually see your brain in different parts. you can know that it's in different parts, it's not just one big broken mess which you feel it is in depression the the old reptilian part of the brain is is just responding to stress in a certain way, but you know we've got these other parts of the brain that can say okay, it's okay, you're safe, calm down, just breathe, watch your breath that is so exciting and empowering that Wow, you can observe, you can improve, you can strengthen. It's yeah, it's really cool.
0: Absolutely. And how did talk therapy? I know that you tried several people before you found a right fit, but it seemed yep. like when you did that she was truly a, a portal
2: for you. Initially I needed to express myself very physically, you know, through grieving and tears and convulsions and through that I just got released of a whole lot of stuff. It mm. was fantastic. And every session is different. she she just moves to what I need it's often not necessarily what I want but it's what I need by the time I go out or an hour later I am thinking, wow that was really powerful
0: what a gift you also mentioned kind of how others uh, I think I'm actually going to read a quote from your book others don't need to do anything just ask what it feels like listen and be patient just be with me but friends and loved ones find this really hard to do your illness is very unsettling for them and that is a theme that just comes up with every single person that we talk to. It's that being mm. met, that just be with me.
2: And sadly, my family couldn't. But I, you know, I've, I don't blame them because I was behaving pretty badly and it was weird. And Suddenly this strong man who's been their father and partner for 20-something years, suddenly I'm not behaving like the predictable man that I was. The understanding is so important for depression, so that loved ones can actually understand and make more of an effort to say, "This is depression, this, and this is what they need." Um, yeah. So I wrote my book partly to for those, for friends and loved ones, as much as I did for sufferers.
0: And it's a, it's a tall order, right? We're asking them to understand and to be kind and patient with us when we don't even understand what's going on with ourselves, and we're not being yeah. kind and patient to ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's it you know it truly is a time of need. Yeah, yeah. And did you yeah. decide to take meds later on, or I know you went into it at the beginning not wanting to?
2: Yeah, medication thing was a big it was just a big hurdle for me, and I sort of overcome it to some extent, overcame it. I really wanted to try and look at alternatives. But I think I could have got there faster. The depression could have been less severe. Um, the consequences could have been a lot kinder if I had tried and maybe it would work. You know, a couple of psychiatrists suggested that actually my type of depression would have suited an SSRI. So you know, I feel looking back that it, I should have given it a go. But I, did, I didn't.
0: Yeah, I mean you just do what you do but I have to say sure made a big difference in my life yeah in the book you actually had a chart and you were graphing things did you really do that?
2: Totally. Yeah. Everything in the book is absolutely what I did, what I said, or what was said to me. Um, Yeah. Now, the mood chart was great. It really gave me something to focus on. It gave me a project. So instead of running away and just trying to deny and just being in pain, I actually, okay, we've got a job here. How are you today? What was the reason for that? Oh, I did that. Yeah. Because the the mind is so foggy in depression. I couldn't remember from one day to the next what was working and what wasn't. So if I have a little note which says, you know, I swam for 15 minutes and after that I felt really good, then I think, yep, that's good feedback. And if I got there, I swam for half an hour, came out and then felt really exhausted and shattered, then I think, okay, well, I'm swimming. That's not good to swim for half an hour. Keep keep it to 15 minutes for a while until you're a bit stronger. So it's all that lovely feedback.
0: Brilliant. Simple and brilliant. I love it
2: got me to open my journal three times a day morning noon and night i noted my moods and then if i had my journal open then i usually wrote something a little bit more i come from a legal background you know i come from a a background which is not you know known for its artistic expression and then you wrote a
0: book it's awesome i love it
2: yeah yeah
0: as those months passed and as you got stronger and again I'm going to quote the book uh, there was a strange ambivalence about leaving depression behind it had been my companion for so long, it made me suffer it turned my life upside down but it also opened me up and showed me things about myself and my world that I may otherwise never have seen
2: mm, yeah it, overall it was not a good experience and there were some terrible times and times that I wanted to end my life but I haven't gone back to who I was. You know, I am this person that's absolutely been shaped by my depression, and some of that is good. I have learned so much. I'm a very different person. And people notice that, and they say that, even my kids. uh, I've got time to stop and observe and just be with people that I didn't have before. I was this ball of energy. I was driven and ambitious, and, you know, depression has changed all that.
0: I can hear that you like yourself more too now.
2: Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Mm, Small steps because it is a tough illness. The way he said depression is a wake-up call, that's something we have not had anyone say before. That's something I haven't heard before or necessarily even really um, thought about, but I agree with him.
0: Yeah, there's lots of hard work that we need to do, and sometimes we have to have our back up against a wall to do it. But that doesn't make it easy.
1: It does not.
0: And he tried a lot of things and they didn't all work. And that's what I love the most about the book, you know, is it's not this nice little neat package. It's a messy journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and indeed it is. It is a messy journey. It's beautifully illustrated. And the drawings and paintings and pictures express the message just as much as the words. Mm -hmm. If Brent's story resonates with you and you want to learn more, the title again is Out of the Woods. Thank you, Brent, for your honesty, your vulnerability,
1: and your practical self-care suggestions. And thanks for all the tips on breathing. I'll put those into uh, action over the holidays.
0: Bye, Bridge. Bye, Terry. We hope that our podcasts bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression.
1: And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, as well as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up.
0: If someone else is hurting, listen up.